sometimes as entrepreneurs, we have to wear different hats. We have to be the sales guy. We have to be the accountant. We have to do everything. With a business model like syndication in multifamily, you're able to have very defined roles and you pretty much have your own role. You do what you love and you keep doing it because you're good at it. And that's 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 the way you 10x um, your results and you can continue to scale a lot faster. So having a team, in my opinion, is everything if you want to scale. Everything is possible, just hustle, just hustle. The Million Dollar Hustle Podcast, where we keep it real, a state in entrepreneurship wisdom. Learn to think like a millionaire and hustle like you're broke. Here's your host, Billy the Kid, aka Billionaire. Everything is possible, just hustle, just hustle. Everything is possible, just hustle. Welcome to the Million Dollar Hustle Podcast, baby. It is your boy Billy the Kid, aka BDK, aka Billionaire in this mug. Excited. Such a great episode. Uh, I just got done interviewing, and I'm not going to tell you who just yet, actually, but if you are ready to take your life to the next level, guys, this podcast is the right podcast to be at. You're going to learn obviously how to think like a millionaire and hustle like you're broke. But beyond that, we have a lot of uncomfortable conversations, things that you might not hear most people talk about. And when I say most people, it is focused on the 3% action takers, people that actually take action in life. And um, 97% of the people aren't. So this podcast is not for you. But if you are ready to take your life to the next level, then tune in, baby, subscribe to my YouTube Listen to uh, to it on Spotify, Apple, wherever you listen to podcasts. The Million Dollar Hustle podcast is there. So check it out. Um, subscribe, follow us, do whatever you got to do to stay tuned. But uh, we just had a, a powerful mastermind last night. Uh, today is Friday. And um, and again, whenever you're listening to this podcast, uh, it'll probably be a little bit later. But uh, yeah, we had a a powerful mastermind meetup last night. Um, if you're interested in joining our mastermind, uh, hit me up info at Billy, the kid.com one-on-one coaching again, uh, as of right now I am offering it, but, uh, it's probably not going to be a for everything. And then later prices do go up guys. That's, that's another thing that, um, uh, you guys need to consider. So if you're interested, uh, if, if you want to have a cheat code to move up, faster than the average, uh, hit me up info at Billy, the kid.com. But otherwise, uh, there, uh, check out my music too on Spotify, Pandora, Apple music, wherever you listen to music, I'm there. And don't forget to grab a copy of my book, the power being uncomfortable, baby. It is out everywhere. Uh, if you haven't checked it out, you are missing out. And then, uh, I always get reminded to let you guys know that it is on audible too. So check out the audio book as well it is on audible and everywhere else books are available uh it's definitely different too so check it out but yeah it's uh it's been great we uh we are looking for our next deal so if uh if anybody has anything out there please let us know we're looking for our next uh property to flip or our next rental uh also any multi-family that you guys have uh, that's uh definitely somewhere where 
we want to uh, look into more this year. So please uh, hit us up. Let us know what you have. And if you do find something for us, we will give you a, uh, a, a payment just for finding that property for us. So any anything that comes up, please let us know. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that uh, we've been really guys, uh, prepping, uh, at least personally, we've been prepping for my daughter's quinceañera. We got, uh, by the time this airs, it'll be closer to, um, the, the quinceañera is coming up and it's been nothing but, um, craziness, like really. And those of you who don't know, a quinceañera is literally like planning a wedding. So, uh, it's been a lot of craziness, but it's all for the good. At the end, we're going to have a massive celebration, party, family, friends, uh, and just uh, a celebration of life, really. So I can't wait. Uh, so, yeah, that's kind of what we've been uh, doing lately. We've been busy and just planning that. But otherwise, uh, I think that is all I got. And also, uh, I do want to mention, too, guys, uh, don't forget we also lend for real estate transactions. So if you're looking for the next uh, deal that you want to do in real estate, please hit me up so that way we can take a look and um, give you some lending. But enough of that, guys. Uh, you guys are in the right place today if you're interested in learning how to house hack, if you're interested in learning syndication. It was such a powerful uh, episode today. I can't wait for you guys to listen and shout out to Yuri Alex, the investor out of Florida. He dropped some, some bombs, a, a lot of information guys, uh, take notes because, uh, he literally set you up. Uh, we talked about a lot of great topics that, uh, a lot of uncomfortable conversations that you can only hear here in the million dollar hustle. So I think I am ready to dive in with that being said, here is Yuri Alex, the investor, baby. Welcome to the Million Dollar Hustle Podcast, baby. It is your boy, Billy the Kid, a.k.a. BDK. Super excited today. If you're not following this man, you need to do so. Dropping bombs, dropping gems all over Instagram and in Spanish, too. So if you want to learn more, siganlo. But Yuri, how you doing, man? Very good. Very good, Billy. Thank you so much for having me. It is an honor to be in your podcast. I appreciate the invitation. Awesome. Thank you. No, thank you. I, I truly appreciate your time and uh, I can't wait. We're going to talk some mindset, real estate, some just entrepreneurship and wisdom overall. So I can't wait to uh, dig in. But before, for people that are listening that might not know who you are, if you could tell us a little bit about where you're from and uh, where are you at now? Yeah, Absolutely. Um, Yuri Gomez, um, real estate investor for about eight years. I am a father. I am a husband. I have uh, two little ones, um, five years old and two years old. I am originally from Colombia, South America. I moved to the States 24 years ago, lived in Miami for 20 years. So I have lived in Miami uh, more than anywhere else, including my home country. And I've been for four years in Sarasota, Florida. We moved here because of real estate. And that's where we've been since 2018. Wow. So you moved there because of real estate. Uh, so how was it growing up, Yuri? Because I'm Salvadorian. So I think we we could probably, we have a lot in common. Uh, you know, on, on my book, I talk about just no one, no running water, no electricity, literally uh, growing up. So how was it growing up in Colombia? 
So we we were not we were not brought up uh, poor. Um, my dad was an entrepreneur. He was a, a business owner. Uh, he did really well in the nineties, late 80s and 90s. But then when we moved to the States, of course, um, the way to move for, for us, um, the, the 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 logical thing to do was to become um an investor. So we opened up an investor visa and he started uh doing uh, opening up businesses. So he opened up a jewelry um and he started doing not good. So everything that he knew from being an entrepreneur in Colombia did not apply here. The rules of the game were different. The way you do business is just something completely different. And he also had the language barrier. His English is very limited. So then he opened up um, uh, like, um, like a bracelets and necklaces uh, shop. It didn't do well as well. Um, so he, he basically failed. He did about five uh, businesses. Uh, he ended up declaring bankruptcy. So we were doing really well in Colombia. And then when we got here, um, United States was really difficult for us um, our first 10 years. And and I grew up, I'm the oldest uh, in, in, in our household. So I got that experience of, you know, being very comfortable when I was um, when I was a kid. And then here, you know, everything was just more difficult. And then, you know, I, I got my first job when I was 15 years old um, and I was always helping out at the house. And then, you know, I definitely learned a lot. And but but I always had that entrepreneur uh, thing inside of me because it's, it's in our blood. It's how my my dad um, is everything he did was uh, opening up businesses and that always stuck with me. So so I went to school here. I went to college. I did finance. Then I worked for a telecom company, a big one for 11 years. But I always had it in me that I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I wanted to have my own business. And that always stuck until I transitioned into real estate. Wow. Uh, that That's crazy. So you pretty much had a good, so yours is almost like the opposite. Like the American dream wasn't the best at the beginning <laughs> after leaving Colombia. That's crazy. Um, what you, you mentioned that he did some businesses in, in Colombia. What were the businesses out there? So he had um, like restaurants and that would become like bars at night. Uh, that was a business that he started with. Uh, that was his first or his second business. Then he transitioned into the office supply business, which is where he kind of stuck uh, for a while. And then we're basically like a mom and pop's office depot. Uh, that business did really well. And then um, and then he got into real estate. He started investing in like um, commercial uh, real estate, offices, uh, shops, uh, where where he owned the, the the real estate with partners, and that that's that's basically what he did uh, towards the end. It was more real estate, less uh, businesses, or at least the business was not being run by my dad. Um, he has a partner; he still does, which is my first cousin. Um, he's about ten years older than me, and he's the one that you know manages everything that my dad has. Um, started doing better the last ten years; he's been doing really well. Um, when we first moved here, everything was doing not, not well over there and not well over here. So it was definitely uh difficult times, but definitely learned a lot. So, and that, that's what I was going to ask you. So, uh, I couldn't help, but think this question. I'm like, I, I need to ask this, uh, since your dad was an entrepreneur, what were some stuff that you learned along the way? Like if you had to put a list of five things or 10 things that come to your head right away that you learned from your dad, whether uh, it was successful or even failure. What what did you learn in that journey seeing your dad? 
Oh, many, many things. Uh, but number one, humility. My dad is a very humble man. He uh, treats his employees as if they were family. They're his equal. And and that's how I've, um, I've, I've treated people here. And it, it helps a lot when you're dealing with contractors, when you're dealing, um, you know, with people that have difficult jobs. Uh, the problem, a lot of the problems here with investors is that they always feel that they're overpaying their employees and the employees feel that they're underpaid. So you have that gap and it's that disconnect, uh, you know, makes uh, jobs um, really hard. So that has really helped uh, as far as humility. Number two, to be a saver, to save money. I He taught me that, you know, you should always live below um, below what you can really afford. Uh, that way you leave some room for saving and then you invest. So that's very powerful. That's something that uh, I've been doing. I'm a house hacker. So my my living expenses are minimal as, as, as you know, with house hackers, they usually live for free or they pay very little. Um, so um, that's what we do. We also have a vacation rental business that we manage on our own and we have applied those principles of, of saving we always leave uh, really comfortable um, cash reserves on all of our projects, um, and we make sure that um, that we just we're not gonna lose our sleep when times get tough because times do get tough. Something will happen and does happen. So, so I guess um, those those are the two main things. I could tell you like a hundred things, but those are the two main things that have really stuck with me um, the most from my. I dad. love that. I love it, and and definitely I relate to those two the you said something does always happen and and i couldn't help but think uh i i posted this video on instagram a couple months ago however long um where with biggie uh you know and and i i've listened to hip-hop obviously and and i do some hip-hop myself uh, as an artist but uh you know biggie more money more problems and i've always turned it around it's like no it's more problems more money uh, which means that we are problem solvers as, as entrepreneurs, and especially investors. I mean, there's always something happening. And I, I think that plays with even the uncomfortable, right? Like the, the power of being uncomfortable, like my book says, where it's like, if you're not ready to live your life like that, then I suggest staying on the couch because <laughs> there's going to be things that are going to come up. So I love that. So house hacking, uh, how long have you been house hacking? 2019. It's when I when we bought the duplex. It's a duplex. It's a four three on on one side, which is where we live. So it is comfortable. Um, it's not like we live in a small apartment because I do have uh, little ones. And then next door is a two two. It's an eleven hundred square foot two two. So it's also very comfortable. I have a tenant there. Uh, she's a nurse. Um, great great uh, tenant. She pays on times. Never been late. And I even invite her over when we have like. A, you know, holidays. Uh, she's been to my house many times, and it's a little different when when you're a house hacker as opposed to just being a landlord. Um, that sometimes they don't even know who the owner is. It's a, it's a lot different. You think more. Um, there's always more of a business uh, mentality when you're a landlord. Um, at a place where they don't know who you are, and and then you up you run it like a business, right? So if something happens, then this is what you do. So um. Being a house hacker, it's completely different because you see that person every day. So there's a there's a human and social component to it that uh, you have to add. Uh, you cannot run it as a as a regular business because they will see you every day, and they can make your life very difficult. So it, it is easier if if you are on great terms, 
And it's, I treat her just like a, like any other neighbor. Like if she wasn't my my tenant, you know, she's my neighbor, and that's exactly how I treat her, basically. And that that is, uh, I love that. That's the human component. I think it goes with humility, right? Like I, I love that. That you literally just spit some fire there. Uh, uh, I am also understanding in your story that how important frugality is. And before we dive into frugality, I would like to know. How was the life? How where did you live before house hacking? Did you own your home then, or was it a bigger house, or how? What was the circumstances before house hacking? So uh, we lived. Uh, I'm gonna go back to Miami just because uh, before house hacking, we lived here in a house for seven months, and we broke the lease. We just you you know we just paid the the deposit, uh, just because you know it was the right thing to do. It was on our contract. Because I was I was finding a place to live, but then uh, going back to Miami, I lived uh, my last uh, ten years in Miami, um, which were the ten years of my adult life, pretty much. Um, I lived in um, apartments. Miami is very expensive, so I always had roommates. I always had a roommate. Uh, we would get a, a two bedroom, or a, I even lived in a three bedroom apartment, where um, you know as expensive as Miami is. Um, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a lot more affordable. Um, I also never had, you know, I've never owned a BMW or a Mercedes, nothing against those cars. I just, I'm not a car guy, first of all. So that's, um, if I was a car guy, you know, you have your, um, your, your vices, right. Uh, but I'm not a car guy. So for me, what gives me the most value, it's, it's a new car that has a low payments, you know, and that's for me, that's like the ideal car, a new car that will not break and that is not expensive. So I've always lived, uh, you know, below what I can afford. So in Miami and, and still to this day, I, I don't have the, the, we don't have the, the, the cars um, that, that we love or that we love to have that we see around and, uh, but they allow us to save, to continue to save. So. Mm, I love that. Wow, that that brings up another question I'll ask you here in a bit. But uh, so for people listening, uh, frugality, I feel like so many people and and they do things for the wrong reasons. Uh, they go buy stuff, you know, like a new car just for others, right? When it, it's like, no, really follow your passion. Like it, with me, I'm a car guy, so it's like the cars that I own now that I that I'm gonna own in the future. That's for me, because at the end, nobody gives a crap right like <laughs> so so i love that um what uh what are some suggestions for maybe if you if you were talking to somebody out there who's not very frugal and who maybe they're young and they just don't know uh where to go with that uh what would be some advice that you would give them as far as frugality because i i love what you're doing man uh that is um that's literally the the american dream you're living the american dream i, I it, the freedom right so if you could Give us some advice on that. What would it be? Yeah, absolutely. So number one, uh, start cooking at home. Cook at home and um, drink coffee at home. It's better for you to buy a very expensive, uh, if you're a coffee guy like me, it's better to buy a very expensive espresso machine. It'll it'll get paid off in seven months, you know, if you do the math with Starbucks. So maybe in less. So just, you know, cook at home. And that way you don't spend money while you're out every day because that's every day. You eat every day. So that's that's the main thing. Also, um, it goes back uh, to the cars. You don't have to do that. If, you, if you're a car guy, you know, you got to have a nice car because you also have to take care of yourself. 
Um, but if it's not a big deal, maybe maybe not drive, you know, a thousand dollar a month car because that's gonna prevent you from saving. You know, it's I, I say it's better to collect um things that will add cash flow to your life than uh take money away, especially in your younger years. So if you're definitely on your 20s, uh, you know, you're starting out and you really have like um you're ambitious then those are the, the the things that I would do. I would just um, be really careful with my money, have a budget in place of what you're going to spend. And think time flies like this uh, by the, you know, you're not going to realize that you're going to have in your bank account a very decent amount of money that you can start investing. You don't have to start investing in real estate right away. Although there are, there are ways to start in real estate with very little money from the beginning. But, you know, I'm not a fan of stocks, but you can buy ETFs. You can buy stocks that uh, is not a specific company. Those are more safe. They're not as volatile. They just mirror the whole like S&P 500. So you can do that. Again, not a fan of stocks, but if I had $500 to invest, I would probably buy um, an, an ETF um, and just invest that uh, and just watch it grow. You know, and then and then as as you go to an, another level, then you find other things to invest and just. Start having that mentality. You, you, you can start with $100 to invest, but you got to start having that investing mentality, uh, saving and investing, and that's going to take you to the next level eventually. And time flies, so it'll happen uh, before you even realize it. Mm, wow. Yeah, that that's uh, definitely. I wrote those down, man. I, I love that. And the whole coffee thing, it's crazy. Uh, and so let me ask you this. Uh, when would you say is time for you to go to the other level of like, okay, I can afford where I could like, what, where's your mindset on that? So if, if I was, if I was in my twenties, something I never did and I, I maybe I should have done. Uh, if I was in my twenties, uh, I was starting, you don't have to be in your twenties. You could be in your thirties or your forties, but if you don't have a lot of money and you want to start investing in real estate, I would probably start with a, with an FHA loan. An FHA it doesn't mean first time, first time home uh, buyers with like a lot of people think it's for your first house. It is not. It is for the Federal Housing Administration that secures that loan. I mean, insures it so that it's a low risk for the bank. You still go to your traditional bank, even if it's an FHA loan, and because it's insured by the government, um, you can you can you can just give a three point five percent down payment, which is very attractive for someone that's starting. If you buy uh, $300,000, um, house or duplex, um, you know, it's not a lot of money that you're spending, um, on your, on your, on your, you know, on your down payment. So you can actually save for that. So I will say that's the less level, just have, have, have goals, you know, okay, this is what I'm going to do. Uh, I only have a thousand dollars. What are the investments I can do with a thousand dollars? But then eventually you're going to get to 10,000 or you're going to get to 20,000. And then at that point, it's gonna it's just gonna give you more options. So um depending on what your goals are, but if your goal is to do an FHA loan and buy a three, four hundred thousand dollar property, then you do the math, what's three point five percent of that? And then that's when you go to the next level, you know? Mm, I love that. And and uh I love the the thought of the snowball effect, right? Just like it snowballs when you're in debt or you're doing bad, it also snowballs the other way. So be mindful of that. I, I like that. Yo, we'll be right back to this great episode of the Million Dollar Hustle podcast. Before we continue, 
I want you to go grab a copy of my book, The Power of Being Uncomfortable. It is out on Amazon. It is out on Barnes & Noble, Walmart.com, Target.com, and everywhere else books are available. The great news, guys, is you can go to BillyTheKid.com and grab an autographed copy. That is right. I'm going to mail you an autographed copy right now. Audiobook is also available on Audible, and everywhere else audiobooks are available. So go listen to it. Go grab yourself an autographed copy. And I'll see you on the other side, baby. And now back to this great episode of the Million Dollar Hustle Podcast. I, I want to ask you this question because with investing in real estate, it's always like a question that you hear all the time. How many doors do you own right now? 576 uh, for syndication. Uh, as far as an active um, general partner, 594 passive. So I started uh, when I moved into the multifamily syndication. I started passively. So I invested in 594 doors. Then uh, I transitioned into an active role, a general partner role. And then there I did 576 doors. And then uh, with my wife, um, we own a fourplex and a duplex. So we own an additional six doors. What is your thought, uh, Yuri, with uh, the partnership? Uh, it so, so far, what you've seen, obviously, those are great numbers, by the way. Those of you who are listening, I mean, that that's massive. Uh, and I think I know the answer, but uh, what what are what are some stuff and that that you could share with us as far as like partnering and and kind of to leverage to that point, right? to to have the five nine for the five seventy six doors? So partnering is what allowed me to scale faster. It's what allowed me to do bigger projects faster. I know a lot of people do not work well in teams. I would suggest you learn because when you are getting into a $50 million deal, you, you cannot do everything yourself. It's impossible. Unless you have a really high net worth and then you're just going to hire employees, you could, you could go down that route. I, I'm going to say, I would say it's more difficult running a $50 million deal with employees. Unless you get to that level where where you are, but if you're starting, it's very difficult. So having a team in place allows you to do what you're good at over and over and over again. Sometimes as entrepreneurs, we have to wear different hats. We have to be the sales guy. We have to be the accountant. We have to do everything. With a business model like syndication in multifamily, you're able to have very defined roles and you pretty much have your own role, you do what you love, and you keep doing it because you're good at it. And that's 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 the way you 10x um, your results and you can continue to scale a lot faster. So having a team, in my opinion, is everything if you want to scale. Mm, I love that. And so a couple questions off of that. Uh, what uh, Can we go back to the first deal that you syndicated? Uh, what what were the numbers on that and you know doors etc. Yeah, it was a seventy eight unit deal, and um, we bought it for eight point five million. The equity side was three million, so that's the amount of money that we had to raise. So um, that's you know that's um, that was my first deal. It was very exciting in Jacksonville, Florida. In a in a neighborhood called uh, Arlington, and Class C, you know, uh, built in the in the seventies property. 
And what I what we liked about that deal, which is the reason why you know that, that was my first deal. So um, something that we wanted to uh, to for it to, to happen to get on a deal was that the occupancy was high. We got on, and I believe it was like ninety four percent occupied. So that was very attractive for us because it was already stabilized. It was already cash flowing from day one. So that that was important for us. I my advice to everyone that's starting it's. Don't get into the hardest part of any of, if you're going to do a fix and flip or if you're going to house hack and you don't have experience, don't get into the hardest parts of, of the job, into the hardest deals. So maybe I'll eventually get into a deal where, you know, occupancy is very low, maybe 40%. I Right now, I'll, I could tell you I'm not interested in those deals, but maybe I will in the future if I have the experience and I'm willing to, to do that because uh, I'm willing to take on that additional risk because I have the experience and the worth. I'm not going to lose my sleep. So, so yeah, so going back to that first deal, we wanted for it to be stabilized, cash flowing from day one, and, and which we did, um, and it's worked great so far. And all of the other deals that I've done have been like that, have been stabilized, cash flowing from day one, uh, and I, I am still going to continue doing those deals uh, for a while medium term, uh, at least what, uh, for that deal and just, uh, in general, how are you finding these deals? What are the marketing that you're doing? So when you get into the larger multifamily space, you're, you're not dealing with, uh, with, I mean, I mean, sometimes you are, you, you can find a mom and pops, but it's not as common. Uh, these are sophisticated sellers and sophisticated sellers usually don't like uh, selling the property off market without a broker. So most of the deals transacted in the larger multifamily space are transacted through a broker, even if it's off market. So the seller takes the deal to the broker and tells them, hey, we wanna, I wanna sell this property. And then the broker before listing it already has a list of a hundred investors that he's gonna send the deal to. And a lot of times, you know, someone in, the, in that list is gonna buy it. So it never goes on the market. So that's off market for us. Off market still goes through a broker. And, and having said that, working broker relationships, it's the most important step if you are going to be into the acquisitions part of a larger multifamily. So what do you do? You get on a plane. You well, First, you, you look at, at the market. You, you research what are the good markets to invest in. Um, then let's say you find three or four cities that you really like. You start contacting the brokers on those cities. And then uh, if you ask them for a coffee or for a lunch, they're probably not going to pay attention to you. Um, but if you ask them for a property tour, they will pay attention because when they have a property that they're selling, property tours make them look good on their KPIs because it means that the property it's getting some um, traction, engagement or traction. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. the word I was looking for. So, um, so you do property tours because they will say yes to that. And maybe the property doesn't have good numbers. It doesn't matter. You're there to talk to that broker. And then you want to, basically, when it comes to brokers, you want to get on that list of investors that they're going to, the first investor that broker is going to contact and say, hey, I have this property available. Once the property goes to LoopNet, which is like the MLS um, for multifamily, uh, they say that deals go to die in LoopNet, uh, which is true for most of the times. Once it gets to LoopNet, it's it's already the deal doesn't have good numbers. It's very expensive, so um, that's why uh, working those broker relationships it's 
it's very important. Mm. Wow, that that's awesome right there. That that's some good info. And the so the you said three million for the first one that you did. Uh, what? How did you raise that? Like, what what were the steps to raise that kind of money? So we raised it between like six, seven of us. Um, we raised that that three million. Um, so what I do is I I like talking about my journey. I you know. Uh, my wife and I, we we we're very happy with everything that has happened through us in in real estate, and we like sharing that with others. So just by sharing our journey, everything that we've done, we've had people come to us. Hey, you know, I really like what you guys are doing. We would love to, you know, possibly partner up on 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 doing a joint venture or, or something to that regard. So. At the beginning, I wasn't paying attention to that. I was just focused on on doing my own deals. But after I got to like, like I don't know, less than ten people, more than five, I was like, I need to pay attention to that. There's all these uh, people that want to do deals with me, and maybe that we could do deals with them, and maybe we could do bigger deals. You know, instead of doing a one two million dollar property, maybe we could do a ten million dollar property, which is exactly what happened. This deal was eight point five million, three million dollar raise. And so I started inviting uh, friends and family. Um, and that's how I started. Then I started getting really active on social media. And right now, like 90% of my investors are referrals from someone that either knows me, like, like know, like, and trusts me, or uh, somebody that has me on social media that gave my info to somebody else. So I'm, I'm getting those type of referrals and, and they have uh, uh, transformed into investors after a few months. So that's that's kind of kind of how we, we are doing it now. I do want to scale that. I'm now working on an email automation uh, platform, and um, you know, to um, have more of an investor community. Um, so I'm just I have a lot of uh, plans for 2023. Uh, but basically, I just started with social media and just friends and family. And so, how many? deals is the doors total right now how many syndications is that that you formed so i did two as an lp but but talking just about the 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 general partnership uh being part of the people that run the deal the operators i've been on three deals um 78 units 116 units 382 units that 382 mm -hmm. units was massive uh we bought it for 58 million it was a 20 million raise so yeah that, that was something else <laughs> wow and, and it's crazy because it, it like literally snowballed right like <laughs> it went up uh i like that uh so syndications you may you mentioned lp for people that are listening uh can you give us a little information on on just how syndications work and how they are formed and how much money they cost absolutely <laughs> so so basically a syndication it's basically a group of people decide we're going to do something together you're going to we're going to pull our resources sometimes the resources are experience you know know-how money um and then there's you know other things that like you have key principles that they are part of the deal just because they have a high net worth so the bank will be comfortable lending us the money if they're on the loan uh so there's many many different roles uh there's two main groups in a syndication the GPs and the LPs the GPs are the general partners. They are the ones that run the deal. They find they find the property, they negotiate it, 
they put it under contract, they find a loan with a bank, they close, and then they operate it, usually for you know four or five, six years, and then they sell it. So the investor gets um, returns on cash flow, and they get returns on the capital gains at the end on the sale, on the appreciation. Then you have the other group. So I talked about general partners, which are the ones that do everything, that run the deal. Then you have the limited partners. Those are the investors. Those are passive investors. All they do is put money. Usually the minimum in, in these projects is uh, fifty to 75000 Usually minimum goes around there. Um, and then they own a piece of the property. So this is not a like a fund where uh, where you own shares or you're actual you are an actual direct owner of that property. So uh, that means is you also get the depreciation benefits when you do your taxes. So because you own a property, you know, the part owner of that 382 unit property, for example. So so yeah, so those are what LPs are. LPs have no legal risk. They don't have legal liability, meaning they cannot be sued. The passive investors cannot be sued. The legal responsibility or liability goes towards the general partners. And the only risk is financial risk on the limited partners. Um, so they're basically, and it's limited because it's only up to their investment. They cannot get sued. They cannot come after their assets. So it, the, the risk, the maximum of the risk is their investment. But of course, we're talking about real estate. So real estate usually just goes up in value. On, on bad years, multifamily usually just stays flat, goes down a little bit, not a lot. And then it keeps it's, it keeps going up again. So so these are considered um, lower risk investments compared to like um, stocks or crypto, where you can actually lose everything. So, and that's been something that's been happening lately with crypto and all that. So yeah, uh, I love that. And uh, so going forward, what what are you looking going forward with uh, what you got coming, especially which. Uh, I'll save this question about the market later, but uh, just overall, what are your goals for this year? So my goals for this year is to continue to grow and scale my my investor flow, uh, continue to uh, grow my social media, uh, just to continue to reach out to more people and at the same time, paying it forward. Um, I have a lot of content on just, um, you know, free um, advice and things, you know, that I do, that I encounter very open on social media about everything that's going on. And I talk about different topics, house hacking, vacation rentals, and, and of course, uh, syndication. So for this year, my goal is to grow my my investors. I, did, I, I had 15 investors last year, so one five. Um, my goal is to triple that uh, this year, uh, to have about 45 investors, a little bit under 50 investors uh, this year. And grow my social media so I can get to more people so they can see my content. They can see um, all of the stuff that I'm doing and in that way pay it forward. Um, I had a mentor when I first started. It was a friend of mine that worked on my W-2 job that became very successful in real estate. And when I did my fourplex, uh, I asked him, hey, I want to pay you back somehow. I feel like I owe you a ton of money because you gave me a lot of knowledge. And all he said was, you don't owe me anything, just pay it forward. So... So I try to do that through uh, Instagram, just by posting videos. I'm also on, on Facebook, YouTube, and TikTok, and just post a lot of videos about um, what I do so that people can learn and then um, take action one day, hopefully. 
So you mentioned social media, social media. Uh, when was like the first time that you did a video or, or wherever to, to get yourself out there? How was that? It was in 2021. Uh, it was scary, man. It was very scary. Uh, I was not comfortable in front of a camera. I probably did that video. Maybe I tried 40 times and it was just a one minute reel. And I was just not comfortable. I was uh, starting a lot, and but it's like everything, you know. You 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 get better. So just just do it. Just do it. Consistency. I think consistent. Well, not that I think. Um, I've read this a lot, and I agree on it. Consistency beats perfection every time. If you're consistent, you will improve as you go. You get better, and um, and that's what I did. You know, I wasn't good at it. I wasn't comfortable. I wasn't even, you know, comfortable doing it, but I did it anyways. And it just, you know, it just got a lot better. Yesterday, I went to a, a podcast studio at a co-working um, place and I recorded 13 videos in an hour and a half. So, you know, that you start getting better and it just flows, you know? Wow. That's awesome. I love that. And, and I love the approach that you're actually taking act, more action beyond just cell phone, which there's nothing wrong with cell phones, by the way, anybody out there listening, uh, you know, that that's probably the, the best tool. Even there's so many gaps that we don't think about that we have that where we can throw a video out there. Like for example, with me in the morning, uh, after I run, that's where you got endorphins going crazy and all that. I posted one today, actually, you know, on my running clothes, sweating, whatever, but you're speaking how you feel. Uh, and, also, there's other times where I'm picking up my kids and if, if I'm sitting there waiting, hey, put on the camera, right? Like you're pumping gas, throw on the camera. Like there's so many. So there's no excuses. Uh, but I love that you took it to the next level, which now you're actually going to a studio to record reels. So that that's awesome. Uh, what are some of the stuff, if you don't mind sharing, what, what were some of the gems that you uh, recorded yesterday? So I, I spoke about house hacking um, I spoke about vacation rentals. I just try to keep it like um, about everything because, uh, yes, I am getting leads from Instagram. I am getting investors, but that was not the, the main purpose of it. It was definitely not the purpose when I started. And my purpose is to teach people and just mitigate that fear with education to take action, you know? So they're all very educated. I, I spoke about lending, about what, what are the lending things that they should do right now. Um, you know, I, I spoke about creative finance, about how we're going from a from a, a seller's market into a buyer's market. Um, so I just, I just find a topic. I don't even prepare. I don't have a script. I just think about a topic and I just go. I put the camera in front, I hit play, and I just start talking. Uh, the reason why, why it doesn't, I don't need to script it or prepare it is because I am talking about my personal experience. So it just, the, the information just flows is people don't want to hear a robot reading something that they found in Google. They want to know about me, about my experience. So I just share everything that I have to, um, to share based on the things that I've done. So it just comes easy to me. Um, and I just, I just think about a topic and I just go and I just, I just run with it for a minute. Mm. So, yeah, I like that. Love it. Love it. And you mentioned earlier, you're happy and, and your marriage is happy. Um, mm -hmm. and there's a few questions I have with that. The, the first question that came to my head was, uh, what is happiness? Oh, that's, a, that's, um, 
happiness is my wife, it's my kids. It's it's not being bored. It's being motivated. It's being it's waking up and just wanting to to go out there and 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 kill it, you know. Uh, just just do really good. Uh, serving, if you believe it or not, when you when you serve others, when you give back, uh, like when they some people schedule calls with me, like Zoom calls. I I don't charge them anything for that first call. Any anyways. Um, They'll schedule a call. I had a call with a guy that is very new in real estate. I wants to learn. We were on that call for two hours, and we just spoke for two hours. You know, I like the guy, and every time I'm done with those free Zoom calls, I just feel, I feel, what's the word I'm looking for? I just, I feel fulfilled. You know, mm. so so when you serve, um, it's just it gives you happiness because you're paying it forward, just like somebody did it with you when you started. So just, so happiness is all those things. It's spending time with my kids, spending time with my wife, being motivated, just waking up and just having a motivation um, and and serving others. And definitely the opposite of those things is being bored. That's like, uh, that's not good. Seriously. And, and <clears throat> being bored, I mean, that, I feel like people that have no purpose, right, are the ones that fall in that category, unfortunately. So it's always, uh, I love that. And, and I could feel the energy as you were speaking about that, man. So you, you could tell you're definitely passionate and, and, uh, in everything that you're doing. And so with that being said, uh, what are some tips you would give people out there listening, uh, just for a happy marriage overall, since you did mention that. So for a happy marriage. So I, I will, I guarantee you just like in real estate, you will, something will always go wrong. In a marriage, it will be difficult. It will be, trust me. And when you start having kids and it changes the whole dynamics of, of being married, it's just a lot of new stuff gets thrown there and it's just things that you were not prepared for because nobody's prepared for uh, being a parent. So being a marriage is really hard. Just remember, like this is my advice, remember why you chose that person and why that person chose you in the beginning and just stick stick through it because it will be hard. You will be very upset some days with someone for a few days. Just stick with it because it will get better. It is just part of, of, of learning, of growing together. And then you're going to get to a place where things are going to be great. And you're so in sync that whatever life throws at you, you'll, you'll be okay. Because you already went through that. You already grew. And, and you, you're, you're, you're both better because of the of everything that you've experienced together. So my advice, just stick with it. Things will get hard, stick with it. And when things are really hard, just remember, go back and remember why you chose that person. And then, and then that's it. Things, mm. things will get better. She will get, she will become, she or he will become again, the person that you loved when, when you first met, met her or him. So that's it. Powerful, powerful message right there. And, and I think it's important that uh, people forget that we're just growing, man. We're, we're just human, right? Like, and every day you should be a different person from the day before. And I feel like that's also with marriage, with any relationships in general, I think, uh, it, it, and, and I think it's, it's important too, because if not, there's that gap, right? Like if, if the other person's not growing. So, uh, so I love that, man, that that's, uh, that's huge right there. And, um, I, I couldn't help also, but, uh, ask you this question so happiness right but then 
do you, how do you feel that money has, what, what does money have to do with happiness? What's your, what's your thoughts on that? I, I do think that, um, so here's what I think about money and happiness. They say that money does not buy happiness. Um, and it could be true, but money does buy a lot of things that will make you happy. So, um, Money just will, like, for example, in, in my case, money gives me more time, you know? So having cash flows from my properties allows me to not have to work on a W-2 job every day, 10 hours a day, like, like I used to. So it gives me freedom to be with my family, to run my business at my own time, and maybe not as many hours as, as I used to work um, when I was in, in, in this telecom company. So it is giving me happiness because I have those things, you know, if you like to travel and you have money to travel, then money is buying happiness because it's allowing you to travel. So, so money will, uh, will help you. Money can also corrupt you. So, so I heard somebody said, I don't know who, who this was, but it says that money will just, um, accelerate what you already are. So if you're an evil person and you have money, you're going to become an even more evil person. If you're a good person and you make money, you're going to become an even better person. So, mm. so in my case, I just, you know, I just try to be the best person I can be and making sure I stay humble and making sure I continue to help others. And, and that in itself just gives me enough fulfillment or happiness, you know? Wow, that that that's uh very powerful and uh it it makes me let me see if I could find it because uh it, it makes me think of this uh this thing that I posted uh that has to do with being humble and all that but uh basically it 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 read along the lines of like if if it's fast success it breeds ego and if it's slow success then it's character that's what it was and and I I I agree with what you just said. Like literally it just made me think of that. I was trying to find it, but it just popped in my head. So, um, that's what is one way jury that at which there's many in your story, but what is one way that, and I wrote the power of being uncomfortable is a book that uh, I released. Uh, actually not even a, or actually, yeah, it was, it's, it's been a year now. Um, and, the, the there's many different ways that I hear in your story throughout, but what is one way that you would say that paid after you got uncomfortable? So um, going back to my duplex, uh, being a house hacker, duplexes are usually not in the nicest neighborhoods and that actually applied to us. We actually moved to a neighborhood that was not the nicest, especially not in 2019. It's, it's gotten a lot better, but it was definitely not the nicest in 2019. The week that we moved here, we saw a police car, you know, with the with the with the lights on, escorting someone from a house, basically arresting someone and bring. And we're like, "What did we do? Where did we move?" So we were uncomfortable. We moved in a neighborhood that that you know, with little ones, with little kids, that we were not sure if it was the right decision. But we said, you know, let's just stay here. We we did look at at we went back to the police station and we looked at reports of. If there's ever been like gunshots or things that are, were very concerning, because we're not gonna put our family in danger, we didn't find anything like that. So we just let's just stay here. Let's just find, let's just stay here for a few more months, or or the next year, and then we decide what we're gonna do. 
we've been here for this year is going to be four years. Neighborhood's gotten a lot better. Um, something that happened to us is the landlords started moving to our neighborhood. So the actual owners of the other duplexes, because they're the sole duplexes in my block, the landlords are moving in, which is great. So houses are getting nicer. They're getting painted. Landscape is getting better. And it's just improving. We did get lucky because, you know, we didn't know that was going to happen. But we were uncomfortable. We stuck to it. And now we live in a great place that, you know, um, we're pretty much uh, mortgage-free. Uh, what we pay, uh, it's our taxes and insurance. And that's because we refinanced to a 15-year loan. If we would have stayed on a 30-year loan, we would be living for free. So, so yeah, so it, it definitely paid off. I have many other examples, but this was one that that to your resonated. Head. Yeah. Love it. Yeah, no, and like I said, there's many in your journey, so I love that. We'll be right before back. Before we continue, go subscribe to Billy the Kid YouTube. That is Billy, D-H-A-K-I-D. Also, go follow Billy the Kid Music on Spotify, Pandora, Apple Music, and everywhere else. Music is available. And now, back to this great episode. Let's go. I'm hopping out the two, though. We're number two, folks. Hey. Feel like Kobe, though I'm winning, need to do more. My mama sorry, college wasn't for me. Street smart, no degree, just like Kobe. Self-made boss with a suit like a mogul. I'm the new era. You see it on my logo. Uh, and what's your thoughts, Yuri, on just relationships overall? Uh, and, and I'm referring more to like maybe negative relationships in the past or whether they were friends or even just partners. Like, however, uh, how have you leveraged that to your advantage or just overall where do you ignore it? Like, uh, what do you do with those relationships? So I've only started working on my relationships. I'm going to say the last maybe 10 years um, before that, if somebody was cool and we really, we had stuff in common, that's it. They were my friend. Uh, now I really uh, choose. I, I, I really analyze better who I'm spending my time with. Something that I've learned along the, the way is that uh, humans are like the chameleon. We start acting the way the people around us are acting. We start the same mannerisms, the same language. If they're smart, then we become smart. It's just, it just happens. Um, if they're not smart, if they're troublemakers, if they're doing stuff and, and we hang out with them, then we're probably going to do the same things as well. So, um, so in my early twenties, I didn't really pay attention to, to that. Uh, I, I've always, I haven't never been a, a bad kid, but I did go out a lot and, and partied and nothing wrong with that, but that prevented me from getting to my goals. Cause I had these goals when I was in my twenties and I couldn't get to those goals in my twenties because of that. So in my thirties, I started kind of being more, um, aware of who I was spending my time with and that really helped. Um, they say you're the average of the five people that you surround yourself with. So I am really taking that and I'm, I'm working really hard at always increasing that five people that are in my, in my immediate group. Um, that way I can grow with them. Um, and definitely not being the smartest guy in the room. It's something that I always strive for. Just hanging out with people that are way more successful than me. I am part of a, of a mastermind. So that has helped me. Uh, people that are way more successful than me, just learning a lot from them. And I'm sure that's going to pay off. And man, that's a powerful message right there. Uh, definitely. I agree with every single word that you just mentioned there. Uh, you mentioned a mastermind right now. And then you also mentioned a mentor earlier. What What's up with that? What? Uh, because I, I run my own mastermind. It's the Get Uncomfortable Mastermind. We meet every Thursday and 
it, even just every, every meetup that we have, like even the one from last night, uh, you know, seeing the guys uh, send messages or posting about it and just saying how their Fridays have been super like they're powered up after the meetup from the night before and just for the week. Um, so it, it's crazy what it does. Like, I, I don't think if you've never experienced it, it's hard to explain, right. With, with a mastermind. So, and then I also do one-on-one coaching. And so with that being said, you, you drilled it throughout how important it is. Uh, can you give us a little more uh, on just mentoring and just education overall surrounding yourself with people that, and you know what, you might have to pay, which, uh, I think, uh, why is it okay to pay for college and you never use the, <laughs> the certification, right? Uh, I think, it's the same concept and, and it's never ending. I believe it's yeah. never ending for the rest of your life. You should be doing that. But what's your, what's your thoughts yeah. on that? So uh, before I answer the question, just going back to the, the, the paying for the education for some people, it's okay to spend uh, $50,000 on a car, but they wouldn't spend $10,000 on education mm. or, or, or even $5,000, even a 10th of what they would spend on a car. So, you know, just, putting that in, in perspective. So if you would have asked me this question two years ago, I would tell you, uh, this was my answer from two years ago would be information is out there for everyone. You have Google, you have YouTube, which are, by the way, those are great resources. I oftentimes ask a question to Google. I find myself doing that every day before I even ask somebody else that's an expert in, in that field. So, and a lot of times I get my answer from Google. YouTube, great resource. You, you can see everything on video uh, and then you get the, the now the know-how uh, that way but it you know it, it can only get you so far you know I had a mentor when I first started that allowed me to buy my first uh fourplex a multifamily fourplex I wouldn't have done it without a mentor but one of the things that uh one of the challenges that I had is he wasn't charging me he was a friend from my w2 we became really good friends he wasn't charging me, so his time was limited. Of course, he's not going to get on the phone with me every day for two hours to help me start a business. So, so you know, I took the time that he gave me, which he was very, um, he was very abundant. He had, he had, he still does have a, an abundance mindset, and he likes helping out. But he's a very busy guy, so that that was the challenge. So today, I prefer to pay somebody for education because I know I'm going to have access uh, to them when I need it. And, and I mean, both ways are fine. If you're able to get a mentor for free, that that's totally fine. They're just going to have the same time. Um, and just having a mentor, whether it's a paid or unpaid, it's going to catapult you to another level way faster. I wouldn't have done um, the, the five syndication deals that I've done in the last year and a half if it wasn't for coaching and mentorship, I, I would not have done that. So when you look at the grand scale of things, I spent a lot of money in mentorship, but when you look at, at, at everything, um, everything that I've done, then it becomes a very little expense. So it's definitely worth it. I, I, I strongly recommend it. Uh, I mentioned earlier, I do like a, like a one hour free Zoom call. I'm gonna continue doing that for as long as I can. Uh, I do want to serve and help people out, but just to give people more options, I came out with uh, one-on-one uh, sessions um, and they, they are paid. And I started doing that a few months ago, just because I want to be able to give people more options. 
Um, not everybody needs it. You don't need to do it. But I, I do think that um, having a mentor, it's important. Definitely get one, whether it's paid or unpaid. If you, if you don't want to pay, just find one that doesn't charge you. But definitely get a mentor. It's going to take you everywhere just a lot faster. Mm, fire, 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 fire. Uh, love it. And I, I could sit here and talk to you all day, Jerry, but obviously you got syndications to go out there and uh, take care of. Uh, so I'm going to ask you on uh, on the last segment of our show. And uh, the whole point of this, guys, is just the uncomfortable conversations, right? Like that's the whole point of this. Uh, it's the million dollar hustle. Like what are you doing to get your hustle on for that million? Right. Uh, and and, uh, and beyond. And so. The first question that I have for you, because uh, the million dollar hustle is basically going to be compacted in like habits, you should say, of uh, what what are the, some of the habits that got you to where you're at uh, to become a millionaire or whatever. Right. And so the first question that I have for you is what are three habits or three things that if if somebody were to ask you, hey, how do you become successful? And you tell them these three things. And no matter what, if you do these three things, you're not going to fail. You're going to be on your million dollar hustle. What are the three things? So for me, it's wake up early because that encompasses a whole lot of other things, you know, like working out, meditating, reading, spending time with your family. So definitely, you know, waking up early, it's going to help you you know, that's, that's something that for me, it's not negotiable. Um, number two, I'm going to say, take action, whether you're comfortable or uncomfortable, just take action. If you make a mistake, you will learn from it. So just do it. Just, just do it. Just take action, no matter what, you know, if you want to buy a property, how many offers have you submitted in the past couple of weeks, you know? So just do it, just do it. And things will, you know, you learn, you'll get better, you'll do better. So just take action. And number three, it's always continue to educate yourself, whether it's free, whether it's paid, whether you call somebody, whether somebody you bought a coaching session, whether it's on YouTube, just reading a book, just continue to educate yourself and it will change you significantly like it has done for me. So if you do those three things, you're going to you're going to see in 6 months maybe less a lot less you're going to start seeing a lot of immediate success in your body everywhere around your life in your relationships with people in your business so those are the three main things mm, fire and the next question that i have yuri is uh, if you were to give advice to your younger self what would be that advice you would tell yourself to choose uh, who you are building long-term relationships with, you know, uh, make sure that that's, that's, I think that's the main thing when you're in your twenties, if you can surround yourself with successful people, that's going to change your whole, your, your mentality, you know, your mind is going to be different. So I, I think that's the biggest advice. Just choose to my younger self, choose who you're surrounding yourself with. Mm. Yeah. Love it. Proximity is key, guys. When, whenever, wherever you're at, whatever you're doing, proximity is key. Surround yourself with great people. You're going to be a great person as well. And the last question that I have, Yuri, is if you were to write a book, what would be the theme slash title? That's a really hard question. I haven't decided what I'm going to, if if I ever write a book, 
it will probably be because I don't want to make it about uh, you know, you can find a book on multifamily on how to analyze deals, on you know how to raise capital. You, you can find that anywhere. So I'll just be another guy doing this. I will do something different. Maybe I'll write a book on how to invest passively in the United States while living in another country because most of my investors are doing that. So I would probably do. I would probably write a book about that. Mm. Wow, I like that. That I I'm ready to read it. So <laughs> awesome. Uh, and- and uh, are you considering like moving somewhere? Is that is that kind of why or like in the future? Where where would be your like dream place to live at? No, we're not considering moving. I think we live in paradise or sort of Florida. It's beautiful. It's it's just something that we got here by mistake because we bought the property in St. Pete, which is 40, 45 minutes away. Um, we love where we live. We don't see leaving any anytime soon. Um, yeah, I think we will stay here, but having said that, um, the way my business just developed, uh, most of my investors, I do my content in Spanish. I'm Colombian. I have a lot of, I have a huge family. I have a hundred first cousins, if you can believe that. So because my family is so big, my first investors, uh, were in South America. So I would just write a book to continue to help other people to do that, to, to know that you can invest passively while you're in a different country. Now, to answer your question, if I would ever move somewhere, I would probably move back to Colombia, but I would probably move like a few months there and then a few months back in Florida. Uh, that's probably what I what I would do. I would like to go to Europe someday for a uh, long term, you know, maybe like two, three months. I'll probably do that someday too, you know, with my wife and kids. Uh, so who knows? Love it. Love it. Love it. And uh, it's funny because uh, I'm in Nebraska. I'm literally in the middle of the map. Uh, so it's funny because Florida has become some something special for me and my family. So you never know. Maybe I'll I'll hit you up and see if uh, I buy my my winter getaway home out there with you through you or something. <laughs> awesome. So I, I live in um, Sarasota. So our property, our vacation rental is in St. Pete, Florida. You're invited, so it's on camera. There's probably gonna be hundreds or thousands of of witnesses, so you're invited to stay at our vacation rental whenever you want in St. Pete, and and then you know you can you can check out the area. Hopefully, awesome. to one day move here. Yeah, there you go. I, I love it. We'll we'll definitely uh, look into that because yeah, the Florida is is really nice, man. Like I I see why you answered it that way. Hey, I'm already here, so love it, love it. Well, jury, uh. If you could let everybody listening uh, know, where can they find you? What's your website? What's your ads? Uh, go ahead. Okay. So if you're uh, for the people that are listening, um, my Instagram, it's Yuri Alex Investor. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spell that. It's Y-U-R-I-A-L-E-X-I-N-V-E-S-T-O-R, Yuri Alex Investor. For those that are watching, they can see um, I have there my at Alex Investor on the camera. Um, I'm on with that same um, with that same tag. I'm on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and TikTok. You can find me there. My website it's golandscapital.com. G-O-L-A-N-D-S Capital.com. Uh, there they can uh, find um, they can join into my investor portal, join my uh, newsletter and start learning more about investing passively in multifamily. 
Boom. Love it, love it. Well, once again, Jerry, I want to thank you. This has been amazing, man. Uh, I'm, I got notes and I'm ready to listen to it myself. So those of you who are listening, make sure you guys uh, screenshot it, take a picture, do whatever you got to do and tag me and Jerry. We're going to reshare it. So that way you get followers, we get followers, and we're happily ever after. With that being said... I'll see you in the next episode. Vamanos. And some don't like that. They hate that they see you smile. As if I haven't been hustling, it's been a while. Gotta put in the work if you wanna shine. I want it all and I'm coming for what's mine. Some call me greedy. Bitch, I call it ambition. Some call me selfish. Bitch, I call it motivation. Different levels of thinking and we both right. But, but, but my mindset is on growth with the future bright. Close my daddy. People mad at me that I'm speaking facts Or maybe could it be that I'm getting racks Open your mind, gotta open it to receive I'm always ten toes for what I believe Those minded people mad